Hey, everybody, we're back. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. My name is Kimi Nishimoto, myofunctional therapist with my awesome myo bestie, Megan Van Noy. Hi, guys. <laughs> and today we have our awesome, awesome guest, my Instagram friend, Dr. Tara <laughs> Urson. She's got a practice in Las Vegas called Smart Mouth. And we're going to let her introduce herself now. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, so let's see. 2018, So just about four years ago, I quit doing regular dentistry um, and decided to try something new. I had been learning a ton about tongue ties, and there was not a whole lot of other people in my area treating them the way I thought they should be treated. So I thought, go big or go home. And I wanted to try and create kind of the optimal gold standard model where I include kind of all the pieces of the puzzle in, in one group. So it started there and over the last four years has grown. And now I also do early intervention expansion. Um, and even some adult airway stuff. So we're kind of turning into birth through the lifespan airway type issues. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's so like, you know, it's so hard when there's so many pieces of the puzzle. And so it's great to have a practice like yours really start to encompass all the different pieces, right? Because how many times have you had you know, a baby come in and then they're like, oh, what about my older kid? Oh, wait, what about my significant other, my husband or my wife? Or, you know, they start like poking each other in the ribs. Like, this is you, this is you. <laughs> so I think, I think that's so great. What kind of inspired you to start that way? Like, how did you learn about tongue ties? Like what, what kind of got you down the rabbit hole that we all now live in? <laughs> um, I graduated dental school in 2012, and then a month later, I had my first child. One month? Yeah, so I was pregnant <laughs> in my last year of dental school. Oh, girl. And, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I kind of had decided that I wanted to take a year off, like just not start practicing dentistry yet and really focus on being a mom. I was really excited for that. Um, and so I was very active in the lactation community. I breastfed and people would say, oh, you're a dentist. Uh, you know about tongue ties? And I'd go, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never even heard that word before. Mm -hmm. Like, leave me alone. I'm trying to be a mom. <laughs> I don't even practice dentistry yet. Like, I don't know. And honestly, it took, you know, some, some people in the lactation community about four years to convince me that it was something worth looking into. Um, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I was just kind of doing regular old dentistry. And in 2016, I went and shadowed Dr. Gahiri. Um, okay, up in my neck of the woods. Gracious yep. <laughs> anyone come and watch. And that that's really all I needed to convince me. It was mm -hmm. so obvious that it was solving a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so from there, pretty much from like 2017, 18, and 19, I took 
every single tongue tie class that existed, <laughs> many, many, many classes. And it, yeah, I mean, it's just once you started learning about it, once you realize, and, you know, and at first it was just babies, it was just breastfeeding that I really paid attention to. Uh-huh. You know, you meet more people in the community, like speech therapists, and it's like, what about older kids? What do you mean, what about older kids? Well, it affects this, this, and this. Oh, okay. And then what about airway? Well, what do you mean airway? Like, <laughs> I'm just talking about breastfeeding and speech and solid. Um, so it just, it was a really cool transition. And I think it was the, the, the moment where I learned that our tongue actually grows our face. It's just up in the roof of the mouth where it belongs from infancy through growth and development. And my head kind of exploded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why so many people need braces. And that's why your teeth move when you get your braces off because you didn't fix the root cause of why they were crooked in the first place. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that literally changed the path of my career because I just, it's too important. And I had never heard of it before. Not yeah. Before. Yeah. And we get that, we get that question a lot from patients. Well, why don't dentists know about this? Why don't ENTs know about this? Why, like, why doesn't anybody know about the tongue or look at the tongue? And I always kind of liken it to like, we don't like as Western medicine, we don't study the body as a whole body. Everybody kind of has their responsibility. And then we have to like fill in the pieces in between. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what the, or myofunctional therapy or facial myofunctional therapy, however you want to call it you know, lactation consultants, that's where we kind of piece into the puzzle so we can all work really closely together. So what is your, what is your practice kind of evolved to now? Like what, what are you guys doing? Do you do any, you know, run of the mill dentistry anymore? Yeah. Out of that rate, like that's cool. I will say that, you know, I, I started doing this because I had little kids. I was only working one to two days a week anyway and Uh so it wasn't a hard leap for me personally to say if I only need to work one or two days a week I'll just focus on this stuff Uh um it has turned into like three and a half four days a week which is about the most I'd like to be working with my three young kids but um yeah so I just I I jumped headfirst into the idea to see if it would work. And my, my biggest thing for the tongue ties was, um, I have a massage therapist, internationally board certified lactation consultant, and an orofacial myologist, all on staff. I'm not, <laughs> them. Um, I'm not contracting with them. Like we are a team and we all have the same goal. And, and we work very cohesively. The only piece I'm missing is an SLP, the speech language pathologist. Um, but I have some really great people in the community that I you mm-hmm. know, work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the dream team because we always say, you know, therapy, body work, then release, and then more body work and more therapy. So that's amazing. That's 
I was uh, telling Dr. Tara before we started um, that her practice is like every airway dentist dream that they think that they're going to do and they actually never do. Yeah. <laughs> Just to have like a tongue tie center and also all the pieces together. When I talk to dentists about what I do or when I'm teaching, I, I try to be really transparent that my goal was like in those early years of being a dentist was never to make money. Like I was busy being a mom and I just wanted to kind of keep my hand in dentistry until I was ready to commit more to my career. And so that transition again was easy because Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of stress on me that I had to make it profitable immediately. Um, And I just, I, I got to the point where I was just convinced that, this was the future and it was a good choice and I would get there eventually. And it took a long time and we're still just kind of very slowly getting there. But I think, I think it did come through. Like this is mm-hmm. what is important right now in healthcare, the up and coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really glad I, you know, took the leap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Something that I know a lot of our listeners struggle with and a lot of parents talk to us about is how difficult it is to navigate having kids that you want to have assessed. Some people are really expansion focused. Some of them are like the providers are like, no, wait till their permanent teeth come in. Um, They're too little to do anything when they're three years old or uh, it's just very provider dependent. So what would be your advice as a dentist on how to navigate that for parents? And, and what would you suggest for like the average person who's trying to help their kids that have sleep disordered breathing? Yeah. And like the ages too, like the ages that to look for these things, that would be really cool. So, you know, it's, it's something that I see every day in my consultations where the parents come in and say, you know, three people have told me this, or three people have told me three different things. And then I say, well, I'm about to tell you a fourth different thing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I, I think I do know what I'm talking about, but the parents don't know which person is actually the person who knows what they're talking about. Right. What I would say, kind of the most generic way I can say it is this has become a world of specialists. Uh Generalists are not really who you need to go to when you have these very specific airway or tongue tie type concerns. I think it's a really good point. Uh It does require some harder work from the parents. Uh I just know that, you know, you want to be able to just say like, I'm going to go to my local kid's dentist and ask them because they're a kid's dentist or my pediatrician or my regular dentist or my orthodontist. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it, I wish parents understood how generic our educations are. Mm-hmm. We graduate with the bare minimum knowledge to do the most basic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Dentist, mm-hmm. still teeth. Um, make crowns, deal with cavities, orthodontists make teeth straight, pediatricians Uh 
avoid a disaster, right? As long as your baby is growing and surviving, like that's kind of the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a website, um, word of mouth, Facebook groups, you really have to do your research to find someone who is talking about the things that you're interested in. I mean, I, I'll, I try to help people all the time find resources in their area. And mm-hmm. sometimes I, I know them, my, you know, people I've met in classes, and sometimes I have to do a little digging. And if I see a name pop up and I go to their website and their website says nothing about airway or nothing about tongue ties, I'm like, okay, is this just something that you say you do because for whatever reason, or is this something that you are, are an expert in that you've become mm-hmm. a yeah. And I feel like it's hard because I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just a dentist thing or what, but I feel like nobody updates their websites anymore. <laughs> like they specialize, right? And then they need to like update their website and give like the latest and they really are doing these things. So then you have to call the office right. and does their it's front office know the keywords, right? Like, <laughs> and they're like, so it just puts a lot of extra stress, I think, on parents. To really, oh, yeah. I mean, hopefully you're in an area. I know that this is. Facebook has a lot of cons, but one of the pros is, you know, finding the local groups that talk about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Once someone is in the know in the way you want them to be, I'm sure you've seen that they're like your biggest cheerleaders and advocates, mm-hmm. and they'll explain it to people the way you want, mm-hmm. you want it explained. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have, I mean, I, I honestly think Facebook is probably the easiest way to just try to find word of mouth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I have seen a lot of great websites that take the time to explain mm-hmm. how do what they do and how they do it and what they've learned. And you can tell often the passionate ones from the ones who are just trying to add another procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I think, I think finding oral facial myologists is also a really good first step because that is technically the only, you know, profession that should be all on the same page. Mm-hmm. That's a very oh, yeah. That airway is important and tongue ties matter and you know, what your tongue is doing matters. Oh yeah. We scream that from the rooftops. <laughs> you know, the oral facial myologists who are doing this regularly, they should know who the ideal providers are mm-hmm. in the area. Yeah. 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 Finding someone. And then again, you know, again, do they have a website? Are they again, word of mouth or, you know, like it's hard to navigate for sure. So, um, you know, what age for you kind of in your practice, are you starting to even evaluate as far as like the, you know, the oral space, the tongue space, you know, all the time we say tongue space, tongue tone, you know, tongue tie, right. Everything has tongue in it, but you know, when, when do do parents need to start looking for those things? What can they really like, what are some red flags they can look out for to start working, especially on that tongue space piece of the puzzle? So obviously 
the sooner the better. You yeah. know, if, if I try to tell, you know, referral sources, get them in my office ASAP. That does not mean that they have to commit to doing a procedure um, or that it's even the right time to do the procedure. But if we can get an evaluation, we can get a game plan going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of business-wise, something I'm terrible at is I send probably more than half of my consults away. You know, <laughs> you need therapy first, or you need an ENT first, or you need expansion first, or, you know, like there is a lot to be done before a tongue tie is the right thing to do. Um, so, you know, okay, you've, you've gone through infancy. Toddlers are really hard. Mm-hmm. Amen. There's not a whole lot. Um, really, any profession can do in that toddler age. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some big fires that you can fight, but there's not a whole lot of prevention just because they're not compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Mayo Munchie. Oh yeah. So do we. So do we. Oh yeah. Isabel's turning into a toddler. You know, she's just like three weeks shy of turning one. She's turning into a toddler. She's been getting into her BB munching more and more. I know she has and sticking her tongue out and all those things. So I do fake baby Maya with her, you know, because <laughs> we can only do so much. <laughs> I feel like my monkey is probably the only tool, you know, for that one and two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, three, I, I think that a lot of three-year-olds could start some kind of expansion. Um, that may be, that may be more of like a myobrace type situation, which is more of a, a trainer, mm-hmm. you know, early intervention, but I actually learned something called ALF. Um, oh yeah. Dr. Derek Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. It's a very, well, I think I even have. Actually, Tara, we had a whole two podcasts about ALF. So yeah, yeah. One of the one of our doctors in California who start, who uh, worked a lot with Derek Nordstrom awesome. gave us some really cool cases. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, so little, yeah, so good. Minimal, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's usually well received, you know, well tolerated by these kids. Mm-hmm. Taking them in and out is the hard part, but yeah. they're well-made. They, they tend to stay in. And it's a slower type of expansion. It's a more complex type of expansion. But when a three, four, five-year-old has them in, amazing things happen because their face is growing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's working with the body rather than waiting until the face is done growing and then trying to shove it into some configuration. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point because we know that the face does a lot of like the mouth and the face does a lot of the growing by the ages four. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome because a lot of people won't even touch a three or four year old for early intervention. Because Mm -hmm. it's a pain in the butt. The Korea cooperative age group. (laughs) uh, and they fight hard. Long, long hair time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lots of 
negotiating and begging and playing. And it's not, it's, it does not fit well in a fast paced, you know, money oriented type practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized you could do ALF that young. That's really cool. I didn't, I, not that I knew that there was an age group, but I wasn't even thinking that you could get, do an ALF as early as three or four. That's amazing. Yeah. So as soon as they get their second baby molars, Mm. Um, you know, then the next step is they have to be able to sit for either the impression or the digital scan. I invested in a digital scanner specifically to, to help <laughs> four-year-olds because you can take lots of breaks, you know, mm. rather than the gooey, gooey, yucky impression that most three-year-olds aren't going to tolerate. I mm-hmm. can't even imagine. No, it's barely adults and teenagers who can tolerate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's over and you have to do it all over again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think the youngest one I've started was probably like three and a half, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's cool. It's cool to watch how Mm -hmm. quickly you move. And I, I'm very transparent with parents. It's like, I am not, my goal is not to get sense perfectly. Like my goal is to make room Mm -hmm. so that the adult teeth have the space to move in. Mm-hmm. And bodies are weird. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own bodies have their own reasons for doing things. Really good mm-hmm. reasons, and we can't always figure that out. Mm-hmm. So it's it can be unpredictable. But no one's ever regretted trying something. You know, a parent who's worried about something mm-hmm. isn't going to regret trying it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. We make, you know, less improvement than we hoped for. Well, mm-hmm. that was still more improvement than would have happened otherwise. Yeah. Than where we started. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned this product, but um, I wanted to see if you could go into it a little bit. What is the Myo Brace and what is it used for? What is it good for? Well, why don't I, can I show some slides? Because I, absolutely. Ooh, Yes, please, please, please. Yeah, because we've talked, we've talked Alf, we've talked Myo Munchie. We know Myo Brace is another one a lot of people ask questions about. So anything you can give us, we love. Whoop, whoop, Myo Munchie. There it is. There it is. Megan and I are both uh, Munchie ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Can you see that? Yep. Oh, yeah. You're good. Um, so, Maya Munchie. They have ones for as young as, you know, technically they say six months. I don't know a whole lot of six-month-olds that are, you know, going to use it. Nah. Is he kind of just chewed on the side of it for a bit? Uh, <laughs> they can start playing with it. They can start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just- mouthing it and getting comfortable with it. The big thing about the Myo Munchie is you actually have to use it, right? I mean, (laughs) buying it isn't gonna, isn't gonna fix anything. And I, I am the worst at creating routines, Mm -hmm. not only in my life, but in my family's life, right? So Mm -hmm. this is challenging for me. And I, you know, I don't want parents just buying it and then being disappointed. Like I do spend a lot of time talking about how 
you have to create the routine. You have to use it every day. Otherwise, yeah. you do a whole lot. Uh-huh. Um, consistency. I tell them that when they've done three months of regular use, that's a good time to reevaluate. If you're seeing good change, that might be all you need. Uh-huh. Like that might put you back on track to good oral facial development. If you do three months of daily use and you're really not seeing many changes, then you're going to need to kind of take it up a notch and do something a little more powerful. And for our parents out there, my very favorite thing to recommend to parents is have them use their munchie in order to earn screen time. So if they want to like watch TV or if they want to play on the iPad or whatever, like you have to use your munchie if you're going to be on there. (laughs) And that helps compliance so much. You'll get like 20, 25 minutes worth of munching on that thing. And so any parents out there, great tip for you right there. Yeah. If you're, if you're screen time users, or another time is that night before bed, keep it by your bed. And when you read your books, you know, we're munching while we're getting read too. Mm-hmm. So, or dance parties. That's another fun one. Any <laughs> dance parties always munch. <laughs> so it, it's, I say it's the cheapest, most do it yourself way to get started down this path. If you're just trying to, you know, while you're trying to navigate everything, get a monkey, uh-huh. get one for yourself, get one for every person in the family, do it together. It, it's only going to benefit you. So. Um, Myo brace, I think is kind of the next step. I do not use Myo brace kind of the way they market Myo brace. I use it much more as a, well, in a way, as I wrote here, like as in my cart, you can't, a lot of kids are grinding. That's an airway issue. Parents, a lot of parents are like, can you make my kid a night guard? No, you can't. A, it's like, it'll hold back growth because you're like holding things in place. B, you'd have to make a new one every three months because you're constantly like losing teeth, losing teeth. B, they probably won't keep it in. So if your kids are grinding, this can be a nice option because it is going to protect your teeth, but it's also going to do a couple of other things. You wear it while you're sleeping. Um, it is going to do a little bit of arch development. It does help you remember where to put your tongue. You have to breathe through your nose while you're wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some good things about it. I think there are definitely people who've kind of done their research and they show up and they're like, we want to try the myobrace system. It's like, okay, I mean, let's talk about everything, but that's fine. I just think for the most part, if you're to this point, it might just be easier to go straight all the way to expansion. Mm-hmm. But again, and then finances are part of it sometimes. Like obviously mm-hmm. it's much cheaper. So. Yeah, multifactorial. It's a cool mm-hmm. product for certain situations. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Healthy Start, but it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it basically just becomes what does your provider, what have they learned, what do they use? They're, yep. I'd say they're about the same. Um, this one's kind of cool. 
I actually have a little girl. Um, she's in ALF, but we could just, there was one tooth that wasn't really coming out of crossbite and the parents started letting or ha having her wear the froggy mouth while she was doing her homework. <laughs> and it mostly the crossbite was because her overactive lips mm. back on the teeth. And so this makes you swallow more properly. And it's cool. Again, these kind of gadgets, like you have to have the right situation. Um, they're too expensive to just throw at everybody. Woo! We love replenish. Yeah, we're yeah. we're buddies with Anders. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Um, oh, I have a a little video. That's awesome. You can see it though. Look at that. That's cool. That's yeah. a cool side visual. So it's just you know, again, we throw all these products at people. You really have to have a basic understanding of like why it matters, right? Like we know that mm -hmm. we know that when you swallow, you're only supposed to use your tongue and then see some movement down here in the throat. And most people do a very like, you know, using their lips and their cheeks and their tongue all incorrectly to swallow and that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. again, I mean, it's kind of an expensive gadget, but it's cool. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's just another tool. Mm -hmm. Expansion. Um, I talked about ALF. This is what I use more for mm, seven and up. Mm -hmm. Mostly that's just my preference because I don't have as much experience yet with making the ALF be effective enough to be worth their time and money for mm. the older kids. Because mm. again, you're, a lot of your growth has stopped. It, it's just my skill set isn't there yet. So Freeway Schwartz is just the name of this type of appliance that has acrylic plastic and pushes in three directions, meaning, you know, left, right, and forward. And you turn the little screw. Um, many orthodontists will use something called a rapid palatal expander. That simply goes left and right. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't go forward. Yeah, that's what I had in uh, middle school. <laughs> the thing I don't love about it is that it takes the tongue space, right? And so, again, you have to be, I mean, there is no one way to do any of this. Every case is going to be different, but it's definitely important to think about, I mean, there are kids where I'm like, don't even think about mile right now. Because right. you need to be wearing this 24 hours a day you literally can't do what you need to do properly. So you are desperate for space. Let's get you some space. And then we can start talking about the rest of the big picture. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point because um, I tried in my old Holly retainer, my acrylic retainer with the wires and stuff. It is impossible to keep your tongue in a suction mm -hmm. against it. You just mm -hmm. can't do it. But sometimes at this age, when they're young and they're growing and you need to use that growth factor, you yeah. expand them and then we do mile later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just about being flexible. There, again, mm -hmm. there's, there's no one way to do it. 
Um, yeah. And then there's this elf. I don't have. Yeah, this is the post picture. Um, pre, she was in a in a complete crossbite. You know, oh. like one side completely over. Um, and you know, this this was just like an actually really easy fun case where I just kind of plopped those outs in and adjusted them every six to eight weeks, and she just opened up beautifully. Uh-huh. Room for all of those adult teeth. I mean, hey, look at all that space. <laughs> this is a space where it's like, yeah, you, this might be it. Mm-hmm. Solve it's the problem. Such a rare picture of a kid to have a palate that's not way high and vaulted. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, I had good bones to work with too, you know, but um, her speech improved and um, she slept better. And it was just, you know, this is a fun. All the good stuff. Yeah. Not all of them are that. I bet you wanted to get that little buckle tie right there. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing is, um, you know, she's very nervous about a tongue tie release. This is without a tongue tie release. She worked really hard on her Mayo. um, And again, you just kind of have to meet people where they're at. She wasn't ready. We we got... (sighs) Yeah. I think you just made like such a huge point and kind of something that I feel like I've been running into a lot in these past like few months as um, within treatment is meeting people where they're at is just so important. Like that's what we really do. And that's what we really focus on in our practice. And then sometimes when we we refer out and we try and collaborate, you know, a lot of times patients are being thrown so many things and they get overwhelmed and you're like, man, like, let like, we need to go with the patient and where they're at, get the feedback and like move them in steps. So I think that's really great that that's your approach is, is so meeting people where they are instead of trying just to overwhelm them. Yeah. I mean, and again, I think it's back to that idea of this any improvement is better than no improvement. Amen. Um, <laughs> so let's mm-hmm. let's focus on that rather than trying to be super dogmatic, like mm-hmm. all or nothing. Yep. Yeah. Um, another thing that I'm not super personally familiar with, I do uh, refer a lot of my adult consultations to people's providers. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's unpredictable, and it's unpredictable in ways you know you literally kind of have to do it and see if it works for you, which mm-hmm. is a hefty investment. But um, I mean, I've, I've seen it work. I've seen it improve mm-hmm. lives. So I'm just glad, yeah. I'm glad that there are these options, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then I just, I threw this in here. Um, you know, I, I think this came from a slide for pediatric residents that I did, but I think, these are uh, questions parents could, could think about. Mm-hmm. If Absolutely. You're, if you're going to go talk to an orthodontist, you could think about these questions. Mm-hmm. Because most, again, the vast majority of professionals are not learning specialty things about airway mm-hmm. or yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's read through the questions. So, 
Uh, and Dr. Dr. Tara put up some really great questions here, you guys. So when you're going to see your specialists, when you're going to see your providers, when you're looking for these people, like people want to know why, like what questions should I be asking? This is a great list. So first one on here is why is there a once per lifetime insurance benefit for ortho? I you think know. that says a lot, right? About mm-hmm. what we expect to happen after we have ortho. Yeah. And like how many patients come back or how many patients are listening? How many times have you guys had ortho? How many guys times have you had braces? My patient record is five. Um, oh! <laughs> yeah. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're three. Yeah. That's the record I've heard is five, a guy in Germany, like bless him. Everything's coming together finally. But um, you know, why don't the teeth stay put like stay where they're put after braces, right? Like, why do I always have to wear my retainer for forever? Um, so one of my favorite analogies or just things to, to say to patients if we get down this rabbit hole is, what is the end stage treatment for sleep apnea? You know, uh, it's usually the old rich guy who's feeling terrible, doesn't want to wear a CPAP. And so he's going to get maxillary mandibular advancement surgery. They're going to cut the jaws. They're going to move them forward and they're going to pin it all in place. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we do that? Because moving things forward opens the airway, right? That is an accepted treatment for sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Well, then we go to the orthodontist and they put on headgear and they pull everything back to make it look pretty. And then they try to say that it doesn't affect the airway. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. have waves, you know. Mm-hmm. It gives us rage too, Tara. <laughs> what? Yeah. It gives us rage as well. <laughs> They're going to pull teeth and make anything smaller or farther back, bad run, not good. Okay. You want to make room. You want to bring jaws forward. If you mm-hmm. have a, a, a huge, you know, over, you know, most people call it an overbite, right? Where the mm-hmm. jaws out. That does not mean this is too big. It means this is too small and that needs to come forward. Yeah. Yep. The if lower jaw needs to come meet it. Real pretty and tight. They're both too small. They both need to come forward. Mm-hmm. So just, again, it's not common knowledge for some reason. No. I don't know why. Mm-mm. No, it's really not. Um, why are we waiting to address malocclusion? Oh, I know. I, it's, I already said because three and four year olds and five, six, seven, eight, nine, they're, they're, they're pains in the butt. Like the compliance is poor. They lose their appliance. They break their appliance. They take a lot of time in my chair. Um, they're not super profitable. And I, I truly believe that's why. Um, insurance kind of is king. And yep. they are going to dictate how much time people have. And it's why I do fee for service in my practice. Mm-hmm. Which is a luxury, right? I do whatever I mm-hmm. think is great. Yeah, we're, we're fee for service at Faceology as well, because we don't want insurance to dictate what patients can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for patients to understand, I think. Um, well, I want to go to the guy who takes mm-hmm. my insurance. Yeah, and then you're well, going to end up coming to us later. Spending think about the value. Think about what we offer, why it's important versus just kind of the bare minimum, right? Mm-hmm. The insurance is going to cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, a similar question. 80% of upper dog growth is complete. And, and you haven't, you haven't even seen an orthodontist yet. Mm-hmm. 
they don't even want to see you yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's like say that again. 80% of the upper jaw growth is done by ages six or seven. 80%, a B, <laughs> almost there. <laughs> yeah. And so really before that is when you want to start addressing these things. And so let me, um, yeah, I think those are great points. I think those are great questions to ask the orthodontist those are great things to even like just look for and keep going to so ooh, perfect you got some some pictures for us some cases I love it so yeah let's just kind of talk about some things that you might see in your I mean again if, if if you're watching or listening to this and you have you're probably going to look at your own kids and I'll give you some ideas of things to look for so um I actually forgot to write grinding also on here. So you can see little chips on the teeth. Can you see my uh, cursor? Yep, yep, we can, yeah. So yeah, so you see this is super flat, super flat, little chips in the teeth, little chips down here. Look at that canine, completely flat. This kid has been grinding, okay? And grinding a lot and for a long time, and he's only mm -hmm. um, He's What a class three means is that the upper jaw is smaller in a forward direction than the lower jaw. So I could stick my finger, um, you know, down and the lower two teeth would be in front mm -hmm. and these two are behind. Mm -hmm. So future can, underbite situation or like right, edge to edge. An underbite. And you can mm -hmm. see the tongue, right? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's why, because his tongue is always there, just kind of pushing on the bottom. Nothing is, is pushing on the top, which really, really needs things pushing on it. So, mm -hmm. um, another class three. Oof. Series, oh, buddy. Right. Um, yeah. Lots of. That's enough. So many things. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing too, and Tara, you're probably going to, you're probably going to say this is like, look how like close all those baby teeth are together. And then look at those bottom two teeth and how big they are compared to the baby right. teeth. Right. And we'll see some good examples of that too. Um, a class two means that the upper jaw technically is bigger than the lower jaw. I, you know, it's funny because a tongue tie can cause both of these. Mm -hmm. It just depends on how the patient or the child uses their tongue and their facial muscles. Um, you know, a tongue tie can almost be like a, like an anchor and, and hold that lower jaw back, mm -hmm. right? It can also just keep the tongue low so that it's never touching the roof of the mouth and we don't get that upper forward growth. So, Hers is very pronounced because of the thumb sucking. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners who aren't watching the YouTube, basically this one looks like uh, a pretty big overbite and what you would call quote buck teeth where the upper teeth stick out a lot and the bottom jaws way far back. Mm -hmm. um, and then the top teeth almost look like they're curling inwards to try to fit together. 
And that's, uh-huh. that's, you know, the thumb is, is kind of deforming the roof of the mouth and then uh-huh. cheeks from the sucking are, are squeezing in and making it more uh-huh. narrow and making it all collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, so class one in dentistry means the jaws are the right sizes. It means that they're the right size in relation to each other, we should say, because almost <laughs> all are actually too small. I mean, literally like 1% of patients with teeth that walk through my doors have jaws that are big enough naturally. I know um, it's a scary so epidemic right now. <laughs> you mm-hmm. might look at this and say, mm, there's spaces. I mean, it looks mm-hmm. fine. But look at that grinding. Mm-hmm. This is not a happy airway. Um, also, we call this a deep bite. And it, this might be a little hard to describe, but the, the top two teeth are almost completely covering the bottom teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really what is happening here, this is where a lot of gummy smiles come from. The upper we get that jaw, question so much. So like really highlight this. Yeah. So your upper jaw, it wants to grow forward, right? It wants to get bigger. So there is just a, you know, what, what am I saying? Like a program to grow. But if the tongue isn't up there, what happens a lot of times is you get downward growth. And so the the upper jaw literally gets like longer instead of farther forward. That's a great explanation of gummy smile. So good. Um, let's go back. So yeah, so this is, this is a good example of that. Um, maybe he, maybe he'll have room for all of his adult teeth, but it's, he's going to have a gummy smile and he, he's still going to have an airway issue. Uh-huh. So he's an expansion, you know, and I'm glad that his parents understand uh-huh. the importance of that. Cause most people would look at this and say, Oh, you have such a nice smile. Uh-huh. Um, again, so this is what you were mentioning earlier. Again, this might be someone saying like, Oh yeah. I mean, I see some spaces. There's no, there's no overbite, underbite, all the teeth fit together. Don't forget that adult teeth are like 50% bigger than the baby tooth. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to fit a tooth that's 50% bigger than each of these and, and have room? Mm-hmm. I'm not. And from a hygiene perspective, because Megan and I, we were trained first as hygienists that kid's going to be more cavity prone and you can see orange stain and plaque on their teeth and decalcification in between them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Yep. Um, so yeah, this is considered crowding. Uh-huh. If, if your teeth are touching, if your baby teeth are touching, you're, you're crowded. Uh-huh. Um, so technically in terms of jaws, this is a class one, meaning the, the relation to each other is, is right. But for whatever myofunctional reason, he's got a crossbite in the front. The top mm-hmm. teeth are behind the lower teeth. 
um, also super narrow. This is a child with Down syndrome, and mm. we we get, got an elf in there. Wow! So um, that's amazing. Hopefully, we can make an improvement. You know. Mm-hmm. And with Down syndrome, aren't they really prone to having congenitally missing teeth? Yes, and also low tone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, there's a lot of challenges there. But I I think again, like why not try? Oh yeah. Anything we can, you know, anything we can try, anything we can like take off the table later, right? Like maybe we get some expansion. So then when this kiddo is older, they have a better chance at breathing better. Right. You know, um, just severely crowded. I can't believe that's a nine-year-old's mouth. Right. Yeah. I know. Oh, buddy. So narrow. Mm-hmm. And you know, the funny part is it's like, they don't look crooked, right? Like they don't look super crooked. Mm-mm. And you just wouldn't believe like how many dentists and orthodontists would be like, yeah, we'll just wait till all those teeth come in and we'll put some braces on there. So this is not a healthy airway. Mm-mm. There is no tongue space in there. Mm-mm. It's like Dr. Liao says six foot tiger in a three foot cage. Like your That's tongue like is too big for cage. your mouth. It's like a chihuahua mouth, <laughs> like a one, one foot. Oh my gosh, buddy. So crossbite, um, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of this stuff, the argument is there isn't studies that prove that they're related to airway issues or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's fine. I mean, I, I won't, I won't argue with those people, but there are studies that say that crossbite is a very high indicator for sleep which mm-hmm. we know if right. you map out why that's mm-hmm. an indicator for sleep that basically proves all the other situations as well mm-hmm. i mean it basically comes down to low tongue posture poor palatal expansion small airway stuff like that mm-hmm. but um clicking sorry um so yeah i mean a nine-year-old again nobody really wants to do anything about it yet Close my mind. If I can get him out of crossbite, sleeping and breathing better, a little bit more space, he'll probably still need braces, mm-hmm. but he'll be better off. And and the other thing I tell parents is you won't have braces for as long. Very mm-hmm. long. Yeah, great point. Similar crossbite. Buddy. Whoa. Um, kind of canted too, where the upper jawbone looks almost crooked. So this is my youngest elf patient and she's out of crossbite now. Yay. So it's just, it, it's, it's fun. Yeah. So that's, that's all that. I love it. I love all those different examples of bites too. Right. Because it's like, maybe you only get to see three bites. Well, my kid doesn't have an underbite. Right. Or, well, my kid doesn't have, or like, well, the orthodontist didn't say, right. And it's like, there's so many different examples of, you know, bites that red flags, airway issues, you know, and so now all of a sudden you might look at, you know, your own kiddo with a different lens or, you know, nieces and nephews, whoever it is, and be able to say, wait a second, I see a red flag. What, you know, now what? Right. Yeah. I have a, I had actually a consultation today where the lady was like, um, my friend and my cousin are both pediatric dentists. And I, I, they both said my kid doesn't have a tongue tie. 
They both said grinding is normal. They both said that it was, you know, that I, that breastfeeding wasn't related and just kind of this whole list of things. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, they're wrong. Like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. You know, I, I ran into it as a practitioner a lot, but now running into it with my mom lens, you know, everybody basically who wasn't specialized in, you know, tongue ties and breastfeeding, you know, looked at Isabel and was like, she's fine. And kind of like, definitely like signaled to each other that I was like the crazy new mom. Um, and like, that's fine. I can be the crazy new mom for like other reasons, but like not this one, right? Like (laughs) I won't take this one. Right. And so even afterwards, you know, in the pediatrician, I came back and I told her, I said, Hey, here's the deal. This is what we went through. And instead of being like, Hey, great. Like, I'm glad that helped. Like, you know, I'd be interested to learn more. It was kind of like, just brush it off and was like, okay, whatever, let's move on. Let's, yeah. uh, like, you know, that whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Isabel's was, as you guys already know from other like podcasts, very tied in all places and, you know, she's doing awesome now. So in all places. And then I just, I think <laughs> it, you know, I have three kids. Um, each one got progressively harder to breastfeed. Um, with the older two, I didn't know anything right. about ties. Uh, with the third, who's two, I just, I, we joked through my whole pregnancy here in the office that he was going to be the perfect baby because we had literally every resource at our disposal. Um, you know, I had an SLP, an IBCLC, uh, massage therapist come to my hospital bed at birth and do evaluations and and help me I had to redo his tongue tie (laughs) I did it at three days old and then I had to redo it at six months old um at 20 months old I had to put him under sedation and get six crowns because of severe decay from Mm -hmm. mouth and now uh next week he's getting his tonsils and adenoids out because they're ginormous and he's always congested and he snores Mm-hmm. And I literally know so much about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it really taught me a lot. It humbled me. And it taught me a lot. I, I mentioned this at the beginning that our bodies have very good reasons for doing the things that they do. Mm-hmm. And we can't always figure those reasons out. Mm-hmm. And so, as you said earlier, you just can do the best you can do. And you keep trying and you don't give up. And you try not to cry too much about it. Um, <laughs> but it's okay if you do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that there, you know, the airway dentist baby phrenectomy expert couldn't fix her own kid. And, and that's, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. So don't give up, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. for the answers, keep finding the right providers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's worth it. Like mm-hmm. the ENT said he will have such an easier time with the anesthesia and the recovery if he's three. And I said, that would mean a whole nother year of, of bad sleep. Mm-hmm. And he said, I completely agree. And I was like, can I hug you? No, <laughs> um, but it's true, right? Like mm-hmm. don't underestimate how important a night of good sleep is. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. That's yeah. I feel like that's like the high note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Any nights, you know, that like, you know, I, I like used to, you know, take didn't take advantage of with Isabel or in my pregnancy, like it's crazy insomnia. Like you can just tell the difference now of like when we all have a good night of sleep and when we don't have a good night of sleep. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing the story about your son. Cause it's like so yeah. many people are like, I didn't know with my first kid and now I know with my next kid, I'm going to be prepared. And sometimes it just doesn't go the way you think it does. And it's okay. You're still a good parent. Yeah. Doesn't make you a bad parent. Yeah. And they are lucky that you know what you know. So then you can advocate for them. So well done to you. Well done to all of our clients. Be Mm -hmm. if we haven't done anything, right? Yeah. 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 Or even your kid gets to 10 and you're like, I didn't know all these years. Like, that's okay. Now you, you know, now, right? right. Like we're, we're not into shaming. We're not into like, Oh, well you should have known. Like we didn't even know 10 years ago. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, you do the best you can with what you got. And, and as we learn and we adapt and we change and we grow, like that's where it all really matters. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you thank so you. much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Tara. And guys, just I'll put the link in the description. But Dr. Tara Urson, she's in Las Vegas. Woohoo! Her website is www.smartmouthlv.com. And again, they have awesome services. They mm-hmm. have myofunctional therapy in the office. They mm-hmm. have body workers, aka like a massage therapist who can do myofascial release. She does cranial sacral therapy. Um, all sorts of really cool body work stuff, as well Lots as lactation mm-hmm. consultant, IBCLCs there. So if you know anyone who's struggling in the Las Vegas area, this would be an excellent resource. Yeah. And then Dr. Tara herself is there. Like, <laughs> she'll help you too. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. And of course you guys can find us on social media. Um, you know, the Munch Bunch podcast, uh, Kimmy's at Mouth Muscle Memory, um, mine's at NWMFT. Uh, you can always, always find us and reach out as well. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye.